waiting and we're live all right <clears throat> here with my friend nate impromptu podcast third pro- third podcast of the day might i add i feel very official uh and uh what a pleasant surprise just passing through my neck of the woods yes brian we- oh i can hear you You're coming through well is it okay that I have this Sonic cup yeah, here dude. on camera? You just relax, okay. bro. Yeah, right. it's like that's a whole, just kind of chilling. <laughs> so, so uh, I was I, I talking to somebody earlier. Some some people are get like real nervous about it. It's just like the more natural, because like nothing really changes since we, because we're just joking that uh, we all we talked about a bunch of good stuff before we hit record, but just like you know, we're recording, but. <clears throat> It's just like we're not, you know. <laughs> I, am the same. Little, I am a little nervous. Yeah, that's uh, okay. <clears throat> but yeah. So, what were ta- what were we chatting about before uh, before I turned everything on? Well, so I'm in this neck of the woods just because uh, we're going to we're, the we're teaching tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, jujitsu camp. Little Rock, Danny Dream, the, the next LBMA. generation. Yeah, yeah. Now you're just talking. We were talking about Brazil before that. Um, chatting about brain damage and CTE and a variety of luscious topics. Brian was telling me about CTE. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's very fascinating to me. Um, I've been researching it because anytime somebody gets multiple concussions, you know, and I think you and I both know people that have had multiple concussions. And that's just the way that guy that I told you was on earlier was talking about like him being a quarterback for, you know, like I think like five years in college at two different universities and then playing like, I, I don't know, arena or semi-pro or whatever, whatever you classify what he was doing in Europe. But it's like you, you're getting hit all the time. I mean, it's like it, it, it's not like he's getting carried off field on a stretcher three times in his career because of a concussion, but multiple concussions. It's like you remember you ever heard during, and I t- I kind of told the story earlier on the podcast, so, but about um, those girls at IKF that died because of the brain damage previously in the training camp, and then they probably got a concussion in fight one, and then by fight two, they were checked out for good. I did hear about that. Super, super, uh, super real. And I think that some of those fighters we were talking about earlier are going to be, are going to be in for it. Like Matt Brown was just on Joe Rogan talking about, you know, not remembering. Like Donald Cerrone knocked him out. I think with a head kick, if memory serves me correct. Which here's the great part about this. That TV has UFC bypass on it. We can just pull up any fight. It's so great. I think I got to get my phone connected we to could, it because I got that new okay. phone today. But <clears throat> we could do it. So uh, that's one thing we do. Like I did my MMA show earlier today, whereas MMA Unraveled. Yeah. So like the fourth one we've done. And uh, the third one, I think it was, we watched all of Francis Ngannou's fights before this. And, we, and like after watching all of his wow. fights, I, I was like, I don't think he, that he's going to win. And he didn't. Right. So, but I will say that Stipe had a master class plan put together, dude. 
That was a great fight. Yeah. That's one of the greatest heavyweight fights I've ever seen against, like, that dude. I mean, like, Ngannou has some, like, serious weaknesses, but he is also a killer. The dude is a killer. Yeah, he is. I think his wrestling was his weakness a little bit, basically. Indeed. So, dude, check this out. Jack showed this escape um, from side mount. And you know, like you know, if somebody has like an underhook, or they're doing like head arm, like they're under your head and they're under your shoulder, on the far side. You know, just like they have you inside mount. Yeah. Side so body. He, yeah, side, cross side, <laughs> side guard. That's uh, like sharp. Sharpie calls it side guard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then there's some confusion there because everybody started calling side guard when you have like two arms over on one side and the guard. Okay. You know, side guard. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu terms, ladies. And okay, you put two arms on one side. Yeah, yeah. Body. You know, like uh, like like gift wrap from guard, basically. Yeah, you know, you could flower sweep and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> from there, Jack showed this super dope uh, overhook escape, and guess what? It utilized escape from the bottom. Yeah, well, he utilized the overhook. Uh, the, okay. On that underhooking arm, but the power of the pendulum, bro. Okay. It was that escape. It was like the pendulum legs, but with an overhook. Uh huh. On that underhooking and did arm. Did he drop it? Did he drop it down to the mat? He was like, uh, it was all about getting that shoulder off the mat, you know. Okay. And then like he was like talking about guillotine in the arm. It was good, right. dude. He showed that, and then he showed the inside underhook escape. And um, he showed, like, an outside underhook escape, all with these, like, high-level connection details. It blew my mind. Maybe we can, like, get to the side and I can, like, because it's crazy how, like, he was talking about, like, connecting the, on the inside underhook, connecting the shoulder to him. Okay. Never seen or thought about it. So he has the overhook. Like he's it's acting like a wizard, right? Mm -hmm. He's gra is he grabbing his arm like that? Is he grabbing his No. Okay. Just just like this. So the pendulum, which way does the pendulum go? So like if they're on, over on this side, I overhook, but I like my legs go up and go that way. And then I pendulum them into my opponent. But I so lock they, them so in so when I get them to out the top. Them back in. Out them back in, I lock them in at the top and then hip out. You know, just like you do. Okay. And then you're, are you driving this down this way? Uh, to an extent, like you know, you know what Drain calls single wing guard. Uh, yeah, with with the shin and the and the yeah, it, you kind of go into that, like shin in, foot on the hip, and then the other one's like okay. you know, like ready to do that. And then man, Jack showed me a steal that was like, like Michael last year and I did a private lesson with him Sunday morning, and uh, it was uh, he was calling it uh, Hickson's Valley Tudo guard. And it, it was kind of like that arm bar triangle in the plata position, like I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but totally different, dude. Like, I'm talking like the pressure, the amount of pressure you put on like the back of their neck with your legs. They can't like, they can't hit you in the dick. Mm -hmm. They can't scratch you. They can't elbow you. They can't punch you. And you can do all of that to them and put them in a triangle arm bar on the plata. Mm -hmm. And how are you putting that pressure on there? And there, kind of about yeah. it's just like these connection details, like lifting the hips off off the mat, inverting the knee, and then pinching one knee on one side of their chin, 
and the other knee like on the shoulder, but the foot is like here, mm. like in that knee inverts over mm -hmm. here and, and it just, man, right. it puts a lot of pressure right here in that bend on the back of your neck. And, uh, and your face drives down to the And mat. I've done that. I've done that move for like years and years and years. I've done that series. I've done those positions. So you are you were already doing it, but not that way. Oh, not with that kind of pressure. Not that way, dude. Jack, that's just that's what it blows my mind about Jack, man. Like, just such like, <clears throat> like I said, I got to spend like six hours with him um, this time around, doing just doing jujitsu. But then we, you know, we talked about jujitsu plenty. But such a such a big influence, like, I, man, he's taught me so much stuff. It's it's amazing. I really do wish I could have made that seminar. I really like. Uh, he's coming back. Um, it'll it'll probably. I don't know if we will have him again this year. I'm definitely gonna have him as much as possible. But Eric's gonna have him sometime in like the next six months, which is kind of far off for you, but. Yeah. yeah, the peripheral zone. You know what would it's be super? Possible. You know, what would be super dope, is if Jack would teach at that Memphis event. That would be super dope. Yeah, but <clears throat> you know, we'll see. It's um, either way, I think Eric's gonna bring him in. Yeah, and Eric's coming up to our place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is that? Like next weekend. It's coming up soon, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, 24th. Cora is also teaching up there. Oh, yeah, when's that? A women's thing. Same day? Uh, I don't know. No. I don't know. Cool. I can't remember. There's a lot of stuff going on. That uh, women's program is really jumping off over there. Natalie has been teaching. Good, some. yeah. Uh, so she's doing some. pants? Speaking of blue belts teaching classes... Yeah, well, she just got her purple belt, right? Okay, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so, okay, so we were talking before about how the, I think it's the, I think it's CBJJ has banned um, purple and brown belts from teaching jujitsu within that association. And um, we were just giving our thoughts on that. <laughs> Which we already gave them. And you can have arguments on both sides, I think. Yeah, that's the great part about. Like right now, the, the argument for Natalie teaching is because she's like a leader amongst amongst the women, and it's a and it's a women's group, and she's one of the highest ranking women that we have. And well, and I mean honestly, she's qualified. She's they, they like her. She does a good job. So. There, there are a few. I th I can uh, I can think of just a handful of other people that are above purple belt that are female in in our state, and then only a handful more in all the peripheral states. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get on the, you get on into Texas, uh, you know, definitely you get a lot more. But and and I don't know the landscape as much in Oklahoma and um. Uh, other surrounding areas, but uh, I, f I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, it, I, you know, it, it's changed a lot, especially in this region, but in in the United States over the, over the last, I mean, just since you and I have been doing it, yeah, it's changed so That'll much. Change. 
And uh, I think that I think that the women have always been their ranks have always been smaller, but I think that you know I think that's going to change more and more too. So yeah, it's an before explosion. you know it, before you know it, Natalie will be a black belt. You know, like I mean, we'll we'll witness that happen. I can imagine. Yeah, that. dude, I can't. I, it blows my mind to think about Corey getting her black belt in BJJ. Right. She's got a brown belt in judo. So nice. She's she's a little beast, man. I'm sure she she's gonna get super sure strong. Kick my button, uh, judo competition. She's um she's got an edge. It really I think it helps her in the clinch. You know, like she's she's got a pretty good um she's got a pretty good handle on hip throws. That's one thing that Hickson showed me back in July, uh, was like the proper way to do a hip throw. I think we went over that. But I remember like you the hip positioning. You don't do it in a one eighty. You do it in two nineties. Okay. That's the difference. And it makes all the difference in the world because you give me the second ninety. You know what I'm saying? So I go in, I get like I get teed up with you. I actually have a video of this on our YouTube. But um I go in, I tee up with you, I'm here. And then when you try and get away from me, you try and get your hips off of my hips, I let you off and step in front of you. Douche. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I remember you showing me that. Yeah, dude, it's super effective. I love it. That's amazing. Dude, uh, I feel yeah. like I, I feel like I witnessed a lot of that in some uh, Greco-Roman uh, battles that I was watching the other day. Yeah, dude, highlights. it's like... Well, if you okay, so have you ever watched uh, uh, Mifune's Essence of Judo, where he's spa sparring all of those um, black belts and stuff? No. Oh, dude, it's super dope. Let's watch it. Bring all it right, up. yeah, let me pull it up right here. I'm actually gonna pull it up on the Mac because okay. I fear that um, I fear my phone is not connected to that TV. <clears throat> yeah, my phone broke this morning. I had to go get a new one which I'm super happy about, actually, now that I did it. Cause my phone had, like, stopped ringing, which I don't ever really talk on the phone that much anyway to, like, a select few people whose phone number I usually have memorized, you know? So, um, let's see if we can't pull it up. I'm actually... Yeah, so Mifune is doing this stuff in this video. I just um, was showing this to somebody, not on the podcast, but recently. Oh, this new Joe Rogan out. Phil Demers. Okay. Let's find it. Here's a, I mean, here's a bunch of them. I want to get the one of him spar. Okay. Kyuzo Mifune, god of judo, 75-year-old judo, ma judo master, destroys students, must see. So we're watching that this video. It's by uh, Judo Cape Town, 30,000 views, eight months ago. <clears throat> see, um, I don't have it plugged in either right now. Um, but if we're th well, I'm sorry. It's because on the TV. If we were we were getting this through the TV, we would hear it in the headphones and it wouldn't record. Anyway, I could have skipped that ad. 
Okay, so like, watch the hip block I was talking about here, um, and I'm not gonna edit this into the video because I've got a lot of stuff to do. But you're gonna like this. It's a, it's all posture and hip block, dude. He surfs out a lot of stuff too, like right along avoidance. That was a hip block, hip block. Just fireman's carried the shit out of that dude. <laughs> Hit block. He was a tenth degree in judo. He's a very small man. Trained with Kano. It's a very large man. Hit block. When was this? This was sixties, I think. I think he died in 1969, if I'm not mistaken. Hit block. See, from that side hit position like that, you can do so many throws. It's like it's like an ecosystem of opportunity. I mean, he's he's an amazing old man. Yeah, dude. I know. I can see it's it's so it's so amazing. Yeah. I mean it. it I'm sure this is false, but the rumor is that he was never thrown. Huh. This dude's a seventh degree. What, well, did you see his feet there? What he's doing? Yeah, dang. Do you think it's at all choreographed? Or do you think it's like... I've watched it a few times. I mean, there's that possibility, there's but... Some, there's, some, there's a little bit of choreography. So, I mean, there's, uh, I'm, <clears throat> so we lost the audio and now we're back. So I may not even post this, but anyway, but we still have the audio on the camera. So that's the thing. I do two different feeds, but what I can do is what I can just separate the audio out from that feed and put it Again. in the same fashion. Okay. You know, so, but it's actually good and it's you good. It it's good in the same way because all that stuff we're talking about on the audio, like people can't, you know. They're in the cars or whatever. So, like, I do, I do, so, like, I do. Oh, it was you, a live feed. Yeah, this, this basically is in a way. But so, like, when we, when we stopped to watch the YouTube video, it stopped recording for whatever reason. So, like, all that commenting we did on it, on the audio feed here on the Mac, it didn't record. Yeah. But on the camera, it records the whole time, everything from the mics. Yeah. So, so it's, like, two different matter. feeds. So I can pull the audio feed from the camera. For sure. As well. So, beneficial. Indeed. Dude. Dude, uh... <clears throat> same quality? Yeah, I think it's probably a little better quality. Uh, I need, uh, I need a little, I think I need a little better quality on the audio only. I'm still, uh, we're still adjusting. Like I said, by, by our 100th episode, it's going to be so legit. It sounds amazing. Well, thanks, dude. It's getting better all the time. So I said, like, the room's going to get better. I'm going to, I got some new tech stuff I'm going to get over the next few months. I'm going to be, I'm going to set up at least one other spot that i'm gonna do solo podcasting because like i'm i'm not probably i don't really want to move that camera around a whole lot i'm open to like moving the table more so than like i don't know i'm still figuring it out mm -hmm. 
Because, like, I, I don't know, that's just like, you see all the chords over there? There's a lot of chords. Yeah. A lot of chords to deal with in this room. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I'm coming up with more efficient ways to do that all along. And I, th same thing with the uh, lighting and yeah. just the backdrops and everything. There would be really no reason to shift it any which way. I mean, it's the same four corn. I mean, it's the same four sided thing. Yeah. And, you know, in like our first, uh, I think my first eight podcasts were audio only. So and then we uh, started. I think our, the, my first MMA unraveled was was a video. What? You're you're good looking. You should be on video. Thanks, man. So <laughs> they uh, they told me not to cut my hair at the university because <laughs> they like it. So <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, what uh, what else is new, man? You you about to graduate? Yeah. So I have. This last semester, I have four classes, but there was one more class that I supposedly needed to graduate. And so I'm either going to have to take it in the summer, um, in the intercession, or uh, I'm going to see if I can finagle some sort of credit through what I do through Inferno. But because I've heard of that happening before, I've heard of cases oh, yeah. of that. Yeah, so, I, I had uh, I had one of my guys do uh, an internship for the nonprofit. Yeah, like if I do some marketing or something. Alex, the intern. Cool. <coughs> Shout out to Alex, yep. the intern. Right. Yeah, so we can get somebody to sign off on some credit or something and make this be the last semester. But either way, like if I had to take a summer class or something, I would not be mad. Yeah. I would not be mad. Yeah, I'm gonna be teaching. I'm gonna be teaching more classes coming up. I'm excited. I want to teach U.S. history too. More face to face or more. Uh, you know, I feel like um, I feel like I I would only want to teach like a couple of face to face. Like I wonder, I really want to do online, like two online courses, and I would like to do the same two courses in the class, and just kind of like run them all alongside. Which two courses would you like to do? <clears throat> Well, um, it would just be obviously be super um, beneficial if I could just redo Western Civ again, okay. Western Civ two, uh, and then do like two sections of U.S. history too. And then um, it's possible I could as well teach Arkansas history. It's a lot to it's a lot to undertake. I I would I would definitely need to do some transitional like uh, I would I. I don't really see teaching five classes next semester, but I could. I feel like I'm. I'm probably going to have the option to teach a few. How is your Arkansas history? Mine's bad. Oh yeah, what you know about Desoto? Is he? Uh, did he come through on the Arkansas River? And he did. With perhaps some silver he died or something? there. Perhaps he died there. Perhaps, perhaps with some silver. Have you ever heard of Koski? I uh, know. Look it up. It's actually a really cool story. Um, you know, like on the way to Memphis, um, you pass uh, Parkin. Okay. That's uh, like a national park, and there's these mounds there, the Mississippian culture. It's a super cool um, pre-discovery uh, culture that spanned, you know, all across, like from here all the way to the Atlantic. And um, they were wiped out by disease from the Spanish contact. And then the Spanish, on their other colonization, 
efforts when they go down in South America wipe out through disease. It's ultimately disease that wipes out the Inca and the Aztec as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what happens with that disease? Like, I think it, I mean, I think it was. symptoms that ends up happening to everybody? I think it was just versions of the bite death because the the plague was uh bite death and stuff was still going on as late as 1660 and as early as 1330 came out of came out of uh mongolia and what happened to people when they when they died of that like how they died there's three different strands of it uh systemic bubonic okay and pneumonic and each one was spread different ways and had different symptoms. So it would depend. Okay. Do you I'm, know? Uh, vaguely. I can't, I can't tell you. You can't say for no, sure? I would hate to. I mean, if I had my notes in front of me. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I just recently went over it. It's, it's just, you know, that's, that's kind of trivial information to me. Okay. It's, but just like I'm, you know, I'm happy that I remembered all three of the, uh, the different types. But... Some of them would, uh, like, it's like getting your bloodstream, you'd be dead, like, in a matter of hours. Some, it's a long, drawn-out process in, in which you're just retching sick. And, like, then, like, I think um, boils. And, and so that's, that. I mean, that's not a thing anymore. The flag death. <clears throat> well, um, or is it? I think it's still around. I think we can just manage it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. It's like you've been diagnosed. You have the Black Death. <laughs> I wonder what it is now, though. What it's considered yeah. to be called. Yeah, Black Death, bubonic plague. But there, like right around that, uh, the same time that the Black Death hit its height, there was like this famine in Europe as well. Uh, and between. It, up to fifth between those two events, up to fifty percent of Europe's population. Oof. My God, dear God, dear God, that's so hard because like everybody, you know, like everybody around you sick, and you want to take care of people, but you don't want to freaking die with them. Like I know, I know. Um, but some people, I'm sure, were just immune to it, just the way that their DNA was. Uh, what do you, what do you think about what do you think about us giving certain Native American tribes smallpox infested blankets? Like we did that as like a peace offering. I think it was the it was it was a not a Canadian tribe, but like in that area, like New York. I want to say the Iroquois, but I could be wrong. But that was. Um, there were these blankets that had been like, there was like an area that had been infested with smallpox and like all these people had died and they took all the blankets from the beds and they gave them to that tribe as a gift. It was like a, Oh, so they purposefully did that. Yeah. Fuck Christ. As a gift for what? Fuck Christ. <laughs> Their departure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. It's just like there's wife they were trying to wipe them out, I'm sure. Okay, right. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest classes I ever took was um, Frontier History. I can imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a guy named, um, I think his name is John McFarriger. He has this thing called the, I believe it's called the Frontier Thesis. I could be butchering the, who wrote that. But it's basically this um, view of the frontier that was first formed. But man, like Rocky Mountain culture and like 1850s, and the Blackfeet and Daniel Boone and Sioux Indians. And like we read this book on Crazy Horse. It was super dope, bro. Super dope. <laughs> oh, man. I can imagine. What was Daniel Boone up to? What was he doing? Oh, just uh, traveling through Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, you know that I didn't. I, I wasn't as into the Daniel Boone. I can't recall that as much. Is um, there was a there was a book also that we read called Wild and Perilous, and it was about like the Rocky Mountain, like Jedediah Smith and stuff like that. Did you hey? Did you see that movie, The Revenant? No, not yet. Oh, dude, it's good. I want you gotta to. watch it. Well, yeah, I say it's good. We just we just watched it once. Hey, look, our microphones are crossing. They're crossing streams. <laughs> it's when I saw that trailer come out for that, I immediately said that I wanted to see it, and I didn't. Ever I, I Corn, I went to see it in uh, theaters. Okay, can we get a hold of it? Um, well, we'll watch. It I feel time. like it's kind of long, isn't it? It is kind of long. It's definitely a worthy watch. I feel like it was on something streamable recently. Maybe HBO, uh -huh. Amazon, Stars. It's all good. I just I have, have all those. I just have Hulu and Netflix. I have that too. And YouTube. <laughs> Dude, YouTube's so good. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. See, uh, that's what was. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, and I, I may have mentioned this even on, on on the podcast. But there's like not an audio version of YouTube. Like you can't, there's, there's like SoundCloud. You can upload three hours. Anyone can do that. Three hours a month. But dude, I, it's like one podcast I did was three hours. I did, I will have done, like we've, I've already hit over three hours of podcasting today. Mm -hmm. So that's. Well, what about that? It's Podbeam or something? Podbeam. So that I had to pay $108 for that. Mm -hmm. So, but that's to get like unlimited audio hosting. And then that gets me in Stitcher and iTunes. And I submitted to Spotify, but I haven't heard anything back. So fingers crossed that I get that point zero 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 nine percent of the listen. <laughs> So I can only speculate about this, but um, so <laughs> there was a fighter, and I don't remember her name. Maybe Carlos Barza, maybe Paige Vance. I don't know. One of these fighters in the female division that fought recently, I, I just heard about it today. Okay. I, can't, I can't remember who it was. But they're not allowed to walk out to any a Metallica song anymore. Okay, and I'm sure of Metallica. I'm sure cool. it's because of the. Okay, so the UFC has UFC Fight Pass, so they have now monetized the digital experience beyond when it happens on a month-to-month -month basis, and Metallica gets no share of that. So when their walkout music, when Metallica is featured in the walkout music, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So like. 
that's like all the fighters were like, oh, I'm not allowed to walk out to this. So who does UFC deem worthy of, you know, putting on their payroll for that? Who does get to? Who does get to be played? I don't know. I mean, they pay somebody if they're playing. Well, and then that's another thing. Like, there's like these conglomerates, whether they're record labels or or whatever, that own certain songs like i've had this happen to me i've been doing like doing a facebook live in the gym and i kind of stopped doing it because of this because we always have music playing and it'll be like uh we heard this song playing in the background and if you're trying to upload this that's illegal and you're going to get banned from doing videos on facebook like it's like do you still want to do this or do you want to delete it right now and it's like well fuck delete you know damn it recognize it yeah and the first time it didn't give me the option to say hey sorry i didn't mean to do that i don't want to post it what did it say the first time the first time i got banned for like seven days from posting videos on facebook Uh that'd be horrible yeah so what do you think about the name of the podcast life unraveled i love it it's i mean you know a lot about life and did you know what i didn't even think of the you, name you, mike thought of it you dig hard to unravel it like yeah. i've always i've always said like the amount of passion that you put towards your research is like commendable well thanks dude i was i was bragging on you um <laughs> to somebody uh Maybe yesterday or, or today, one about being a Mr. Academia yourself, 4.0 student over here. That's that, that's super impressive because I could do that. I, I mean, more times than not that I've known you, you weren't going to college or anything like that. And I'm not saying, yeah, I go to college and do that because I think that I think that everybody's path can be different and it could be vocational. It could be. There's a lot of people that never went to college that are doing super great shit. Yeah. It's alarming. You were running a gym, going to college, teaching college, teaching in the gym, making videos. Just freak over cool, <laughs> You're busy. I was getting my sleep. Yeah. I just, <laughs> dude, I just want to do all the things that I want to do. Yeah. And none of the things that I don't want to do. Yeah. It's kind of a... My philosophy. I want to be a good dancer. That's important to me. Yeah, you know. It's really <coughs> high on, on my list. On you my got the rhythm, list. dude. I'm telling you. Thank you. You know, uh, we were joking about this uh, the other morning. Uh, I was doing a private lesson with somebody, and, and it came up because I was talking about um, doing uh, doing this like a downward elbow move, and I was like to like break somebody's arm like off a collar tie and I was like it's like funky disco truck driver and uh, <laughs> do, do you remember that movie Starsky and Hutch where Ben Stiller gets in that dance off with that dude barely it's so it's so good I hadn't seen it in a long time and I won't, I definitely want to rewatch it now that was such a good I can't movie. remember the dance I can't remember how it went it's good like Ben Stiller does all this stuff like accidental cocaine that they say is like sugar but it's definitely cocaine okay. he just like keeps doing it and he challenges to do a dance off and it's hilarious oh, that seems like a common theme in a couple of movies I can think of yeah like American Pie 3 
American Pie 3 and um, what's that one? Take Me Home Tonight. Oh, dude, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to rewatch that. I think Corinne and I have that. Take me home tonight. Dude, uh. You got amazing voice, too. Thanks. You're, you're a regular good. renaissance man yourself, Mr. Finance. Business finance? Yeah, finance. It's like... But you know me, like, my memory's not that well, so I can, like, take a class and, like, and, like make an okay grade and be like, oh, okay, yeah. And actually, in order to do that, I need my I need to go over it again. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but I think, like, once you hit the job field, unless, like, I think if you're going to start your own com- company, that's becoming where, that's highly specialized or whatever, but... Um, whether you start your own company or whether you work for a company, I feel like you're going to have a defined job, like a set of duties. That, I mean, that's just key for, for everything. It's just like, like for me at the gym, it's like I show up at these times and I do these things. These are these are my jobs, you know? And then even with this, like I like try and think of like, okay, I need to go back to episode one and put parentheses um, audio only, and then I need to go back and add thumbnails to these five podcasts and save those in that folder, and then go back over to. So it's like I have these checklists of things going, like at all times for like my class, or the gym and the classes I'm teaching, or just like the marketing or whatever, whatever I'm working on. Like I like that's my my set of obligations, I guess. But it's not obligations a bad no, way to describe it. No, it's not an it. obligation for you. These are all choices that you're making to establish your position, you know, your brand position, which is from several different angles. And so, like, you're just broadening broadening that whole horizon for yourself. And you're going, you're going, um, you're you're making depth with it as well, like, I mean, you don't just surface, do surface research. Like you dig deep into things, and it's it's gonna be cool to to like enjoy enjoy watching that evolve and like see where know, you're at. Dude. And I'll be like, okay, remember me? I get it. Can I get on the show again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks. Man. Yeah, no, I did. Well, thank you, but. I do. I, I'm looking forward to like the next ten years of life. That's there's cool. a there's a lot of stuff that um, that I feel like is uh, waiting in the wings for me. So, and I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, make it all happen. I wonder what that dog's doing out there. Hopefully, he's sleeping in front Wish of the door. Wish he was in here. Yeah, but he's probably uh, he's probably dude. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You're only you're the only person he's ever drowned. Twice. uh Totally. Dude's got dudes neutered, man. Doesn't even have any balls. Well, like I said, I appreciate the gesture. It makes me feel sexy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, I've, yeah, I've only seen you do that once. That other time Nate was over here. <laughs> <laughs> really? And then two like two different two different people, Derek Huddleston and then Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew, Sandy, um, who's coming on the podcast. He keeps ducking me. He's coming though. He's uh, he's he's been He's been uh, trying to coordinate a day with me for a little bit. So, like, I've just been keeping people stacked, too. I've been keeping guests lined up. So I've got two guests for next week. We did three guests today. I'm I'm recording two different solo podcasts, like Piecemeal and My Spare Time, 
that are just like audio only. Um, so, but this, I've been keeping the guests lined up. I got at least one guest for the week after that. And I'm doing like different spots. It's like, this will be a laugh unraveled spot. Like, uh, I know I'm doing two music unraveleds next Friday. You're going to have to do some voice exercises so you don't um, lose it. Yeah, you know, um, what I want to um, look into more is like, so it's, you know, podcasting is unique and it's more conversational than like me being an interviewer, but I'm still an interviewer. Right. You know. I depend on you. Well, yeah, so like some people do. So like, but like that, that is very like interpretational. Like while that is a thing, I, today, like that guy I had on, I chatted with him a lot, but I tried to let him, I tried to sit back and let him talk a lot. And I don't know how much like proportionally, it was probably like a 60, 40 thing, but it's just like, that's what, there's this little subtle things I'm already picking up on about the about guiding the conversation and and I mean I'm no on no level have figured anything out yet right well I'm sure you figured some some stuff out yeah it, what's funny is like I can hear just a small clip when I'm editing and be like uh I got uh, why am I doing that why am I? you know this this basic stuff saying I'm a lot just pa- uh, you know not pausing that's what you, what's what people need to do more, I think. I was thinking about this earlier. Is to pause instead of say, um, uh, you know, whatever. Is this to just pause? When you go, when you said, oh, yeah. where did you get that? I don't know. You don't know? No. I do. Where? You don't know. Well, we're not nowhere. Dream. Oh. <laughs> he does but say that a lot. That's where you got it. Yeah. Yeah, you've <laughs> up from drink. That's funny, isn't it? Man, I miss the um, I miss the weeping camp this year. I was pretty sad mm. about it. I've never made it to a weeping thing. I'm not sure I have the desire. Like with all the yeah, it's pretty abuse rough, you I had a you take. I had a staph infection. It was super gnarly. Like right after I had the flu, I guess my immune system was jacked. I probably had, I would say. 20 total people from the gym that have been out with the flu over the last six weeks. Yeah. I even had one person that got it. Maybe that person was in my class at the university got it twice. <laughs> How's that even a thing? <sighs> that's funny. Yeah. That's, actually, that's not funny. That's sad. I'm it's sorry. not funny. It's I apologize. Horrible. I really, I'm kind of like, mean like that like my initial You're reaction is funny but but like you know when you get close to the action it's really not funny that type of thing but what you know what's so funny too it's like you, you could be just like a killer when somebody be sparring with you but like right after i'd like i'd never be mad at you you know like, you ever see, like, two people get mad at each other after sparring? Yeah. You know, I, I, can, never, I can never be mad at you, dude. At me? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, not, a, not, on the, not about that. Not about maybe anything. Not even if I tried some Krav Maga moves on you? <laughs> I mean, everybody's entitled to one good dick punch uh, yeah. in a sparring match or a dick kick. Okay. 
<clears throat> yeah. It's funny, I make Krav Maga references in, um, in some of my classes. And uh, one of this, and there's a student that is a previous Krav Maga student, and I forget, and I forget sometimes, and I'll like make a reference, and I'll be like, "Oh, not to illegitimize what you've done or anything, but like, yeah, I mean, in the streets, yeah, you know, you're, you're gonna get that groin shot, so whatever." Yeah. <laughs> Man, um, self defense is a fascinating topic. That's um, like Hickson's coming out with this uh, series right now called the Self Defense Unit. Okay, and um, he's released like a little, um, a little piece of it already, and uh, it was kind of like a single under guard pass, but it's the one where you kind of like bait the triangle. Uh, it's not one I do, so I like, I'll just have to work on it. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I want to say there's a clip of it on YouTube, but uh, he's coming out with all these self defense techniques, and they're going to be like the. Um, Old school, like Elio Gracie, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, self defense katas. Nice. So, yeah, pretty cool. Old school. Yeah. Well, and, and, not, and like, I go back, let me go back to Krav Maga real quick, just because, like, I want to give a little bit of credit. Like, I like, I kind of clown, I kind of clown on that a little bit, but, you know, some people, they don't, they can't even think about like hitting to the throat or the eyes or the groin or eye. Like to me, yeah. that that's like, if you don't know how to do that, then like, well, I don't see, know like a revolutionary do. thought in jujitsu for me is learning how to stop those things. Like takes in jujitsu, like, like I was mentioning in that position earlier, you can't scratch them, you can't elbow them, you can't punch them, you right. can't like, like maybe even can't bite them, right? Because those <laughs> things are a problem. And this lady, this lady came into the gym the other day, and she was looking like for a one-time seminar. And I was like, you know, you can come to a seminar and like think you can come to one seminar and think that you can perform. I think she was like seventy, and think that you can perform. You know, I need to take her to the shooting range. But I was like, you're going to need to practice this stuff over and over and over if you feel like if you think that you want to do it at a time when you need to do it well and just having like a, I mean I have a couple of people I work um, like we don't really do strictly jujitsu um, I like I do a lot of um, just posture and base and escaping side mount and escaping mount like we don't really roll I'm not really teaching him jujitsu we don't work in a gi he's not training um, I show him occasionally basics of punching, clinches, you know, just just basic self-defense stuff that some of it's stuff I picked up from Jack or, or Hickson or um, during, you know, in Asano stuff that is, you know, I think is pretty valid. And this is through a lot of research of, of trying to figure out what's valid and because there's a lot of bullshit out there. You know, and I get that. And sure. it's like somebody, I saw somebody online bagging on uh, people uh, training standing wrist locks the other day. And I was like, you know, there's something special about like the way Dream does wrist locks that like is unlike anyone else I've ever had put me in a wrist lock. And, and I can capture a piece of that. And I like just like the idea of like doing a wrist lock with one hand. 
there, there is something special about the way If I get, if, if I get your it. right hand, I can wrestle like it with one hand. And that's, like, just from, like, right here with, like, just that. And to the point of, like, putting you on your knees. And and that that is a, for amazing control elsewhere. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, and I've slipped that in on the ground. I can't tell you how many times off of a shoulder lock or an arm lock. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually finished for like four. side control or something. Well, just half guard. Um, mm. well, it depends on the situation. Tri inside of a triangle, um, the mount. You put actually someone inside of a triangle. Yeah, they were inside Did, of a triangle. Well, you know, Daniel you Ray one time submitted me. Um, like you're in the triangle, and then you got wrist locks. Okay, right. Like right, that right. arm that's across right there. Okay. They forget about that shit. And like the elbows wedged against the inner thigh, mm -hmm. so um, and you can use that wrist lock to drag the arm wherever you want to. Exactly. I mean, if you can get a hold of that grip, but through training that stuff is why I'm I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I like just in like the course of just all the jujitsu matches I had in competition, I did finish four matches with the wrist lock. That's amazing, because you don't because in traditional Brazilian jujitsu you don't. Traditionally, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you don't focus See, that's on it, man. Like, and I, that's this is this is where I'm at with grappling, with Jiu-Jitsu, with martial arts, self-defense, whatever. Is I've always I've always done that. I, I got my I can't think I was a blue belt the first wrist lock I got in competition. I could have been like a, a brand new purple belt, and I think I only I think I got one at brown belt, and then the rest of them were at purple belt, and maybe one was at blue. I can't remember. But it's the same with leg locks. It's like I said, like one of the main reasons I'm out of the IBJJF loop is because it's like, you mean to tell me there's hundreds of submissions that adult bite belts are not allowed to do? Hundreds? <laughs> hundreds? Hundreds? Hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you take every position, every positional entry, for any leg lock that involves a heel hook, a reap, or lateral pressure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just bogus, man. Spinal locks and, and neck cranks, totally illegal from all positions. It's like, those people can tap. It's like, I think it more comes down to people not wanting to pay insurance premiums, which I don't think are really going to go. I, you know, I don't think it's that big of an, like, there's that many incidents. Well, I don't think that the insurance, that the people doing the insurance premiums would even know enough about the sport or you know uh, maybe they do would even know what moves could i know you know you do we we do run into that there's a lot of ignorance out there about <clears throat> martial arts academies uh -huh. it's uh it's interesting a lot of biases you almost have to go through a company that exclusively deals with that nature of you know where there is like a bit of a liability like it's like right. an exercise based I guess would be a good way to put it it's not just martial arts it's not just but there is a little bit of a stigma associated with it like oh do you spar there you know mm -hmm. maybe well with the leg lock with the leg lock thing you know I guess I've heard it said by um, old Don, Don, Donahue. Donahue. Don, Don, John Donahue. John Donahue. Yeah. 
um, he said he said that those are frowned upon because it's like you're it's saying your system of attacks failed. You know, your people say that about sacrifices. Yet I've landed twenty ukuwasas in competition. <laughs> I love that throw. You know I love that throw. Like that's the only throw yeah. I can do. Like you, on the fly. I, your, that your style things. with that throw is very unique. I, I I really I really like your variation. Because you. you go you go like a saw like a saucet like a foot on foot, and yeah. I go like past the foot. What do you mean past the foot? Like well, I guess you could say the way I do it, but I don't go on. I just block like the like I block the leg like that, and mm -hmm. so then you are more. Oh, like, oh okay. You know, but like I do more blocking the knee, you don't so go they can't step over foot. my leg. You just leg. put your leg out there. But that's just how I started getting it one day. Like just one day, I like, and I I thought I was getting like at the time I knew very little about judo. I thought I was getting Yoko Atoshi. I was trying to look up the sacrifice throws to see what throw I was landing, so like I I could be like, okay, well this is what throw I have. Because I just started getting it in the gym all the time, and um, and then. I think Mr. Dean was in, and he was like, no, that's that's Ukiwaza. And I was like, okay. So I really just tried to cultivate it. I can, st I still go to it. I was talking about this earlier, but, like, there's just certain moves over the years that, like, I could get so easily that I just got bored with them and moved on. That one, I almost the feel bad toe. by going for it because it's like, okay, yeah, that's the one you always go for. <laughs> yeah, I guess that a little bit of that. Um but but not just leg locks, judo, wrestling, mm -hmm. leg locks, wrist locks, neck cranks, yeah, spinal neck manipulations, cranks, yeah, the twister, right. yeah, like mm -hmm. you know, uh, leg laces, uh, cradles, which I mean, those you know, those are wrestling. You get to say wrestling, and I think that that what, it's a what about cradles? They're they're illegal. You're saying no. I just feel like. Like, I feel like there's a problem in jiu-jitsu that people don't study these things because of the sport jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you do have wrestlers in sport jiu-jitsu, but, <clears throat> I, like, uh, there's a model out there, and I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing, but, like, and, and people are chatting about this elsewhere. But uh, Eddie Bravo said there's, like, three types of grappler. You got the guard puller. You got the takedown artist, and you got the leg locker, mm. right? And the takedown artist is going to take you down and have a gnarly top game. The guard puller is going to pull guard, sweep or submit you, or keep you from passing their guard and win on points. And the leg locker is going to, going to, you know, probably pull guard or he's going to do a leg lock from anywhere. Exactly. You know, it's just a different, a different type of play, really. And uh, he said, you you know, you can't be the best in the world. It, Each one. It, it, unless it, you can't be only one of those and be the best in the world. They're among the best in the world. You have to be at least two. And you know what I had to say to that? Yeah. Bullshit. You better be all motherfucking three. And that's my goal. Like that's only that's always ever been my goal. And doing all these all all that sport, like in in my purple belt particularly, 
got me not focused on that at all. I could, like, I was, like, brainwashing myself into not doing, approaching jujitsu what I would perceive now as correctly because I leave nothing off the table. It's like people want to argue, like, gi and no gi and shit. Like, I've been seeing that stuff on Facebook. It's like, it don't matter if I'm wearing a gi or not. And it's like, it don't matter. Like, you think, like, and I used to be like, hey, you reap my knee. Like, what are you doing? And now I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, put you in a, a vaporizer, <laughs> you know? Like, whatever, a calf or a leg crank. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to injure you. I, I don't injure people when I roll. I'm not, I'm not a douche about it. Right. But why not study all things? All locks. All ways of manipulation. Why? I mean, and, and how did it ever get to be any other way? It just baffles me. Well, there are some lines to be drawn. I mean, we don't want to do small, you don't, we don't want to do a small joint manipulation, do we? Okay, no, and I'm, I'm with that. And I don't want to put my finger in your nose. Right. I don't want to lick inside your ear. I don't want to fish hook you or rabbit punch you. No striking. Like, yeah, there's there's like no fouls, you know. And and what I'm talking about are, I guess, they're fouls, but they're like disqualifications. You know, it's like an adult black belt in jujitsu, one of the greatest martial arts, most effective martial arts in all of the world, is becoming less effective because they're just fighting for sport. There's all these f badass judo throws that are now illegal because they didn't fit the Olympic model. I guess, okay. And they're forgotten. Okay, and now that's definitely true. Sukanagi. That's definitely true. And I know, and, and I don't know, but I suspect that, you know, that same case goes for, you know, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu organization. Not to be named, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, but I I like ADCC's rules a little more, but I just think like I'm just more along the lines of like have a clean look, have a have a great process. My question is is there some data that can show you know a higher probability of of lasting injuries here's, from certain techniques, you know, devastating <clears throat> type of injuries. Here's here's what, and you know, yes, there I'm sure there's some things out there, and I think the biggest downside is like, if you blow out your knee, you might not be able to walk anymore, and that's going to affect your life more than anything. But I'll use this example. I saw one of my guys get put in a shoulder lock the other day. Yeah, and like the look on his face and like the way he, his body twerked and like, you know, like it was just like a morbid thing. Yeah. And it was just like, um, Oh, Hey dude, I saw you get put in a heel hook just last night and you didn't act that way. Your body didn't do that way. Your face didn't look that way. And, and part of, part of that, I mean, I mean the way we do the heel hook hurts, hurts the ankle. But I think that there's it, – it, it, to me, in the end, boils down to more so, like, either you're a douchebag or you're not. And the ADCC rules this year in the meeting, they said, hey, we want three clean taps. That's what they said. And all the competitors were like, that's insane. Like, 
Like, that's my whole leg being destroyed. So, like, no one had to tap three times. Did you see on the Donahue episode when they were breaking down Gordon Ryan versus Cyborg? It's like Gordon Ryan was getting his hands together and Cyborg tapped. You know, that's – if that – you know, and, and like, the, the person I'm talking about was a white belt. They're not at that level yet. But also, like, we were drilling. We are educating ourselves at white belt about that move and at blue belt and at purple belt and onward. It's like I'm just indoctrinating all my people on it now. Yeah, a better understanding of it. And it could be why that guy tapped – early to the hill hook because he because there's that stigma behind it of the injury so he didn't let it get to that point but there's not that same stigma for the shoulder lock you should be able to take that yeah and it's like dude your rotator cuff bro no ow but but that's but that's what it is in people's mind it's like oh you're touching the feet it is it's a stigma but oh you got my shoulder Uh uh-uh i'm gonna fight that i think and i don't get it i don't get why there is that stigma I I I feel the same way. I've I've been caught in the same. I've I've caught myself do that, react that way, as if one were okay. We should come up with a cool name for it, like the reaping paradox. But the first time I didn't initially tap to a hill hook was Jason Eddy, and it was like a week before a fight, and my. My ankles snapped, dude. It cracked, and everyone like jumped back and wrote, <gasps> <laughs> That's happened to me on a couple of toeholds. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, and that happened to me on an ankle lock in a competition. Two, two, okay. Yeah. Not, uh, two times were just in the gym. Sometimes that cartilage in your foot just gives way, like on the top of your foot. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it was, but it was super sore, but I was still able to fight. But it was Dude, just it's so like scary. Get your knee. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're, anytime a, a joint in your body makes that kind of sound, it's it's scary shit. But that's where you want it to give, not at the knee. You'd rather give it the ankle. But my ankle's gonna give every time before my knee. Yeah. That's just how they are. They're not very strong. Um. What uh, you say, your mom's tonight? You want to crash here? I might crash here. I do for sure. By all means. But I'm gonna holler at my mom, so I don't. I'm not sure. I, I need to. Yeah, dude. I'm so glad you. Uh, so glad you hit me up, man. A little impromptu recording sesh. Yeah. So yeah, I'll throw this up on uh, on on the uh, site tonight, and I think uh, I, I might even have my second YouTube episode uploaded at this time. Got my MMA show uploaded. Oh, processing done. We're yeah. gonna publish. We can't stay up too late. We gotta. We gotta, we gotta early teach, morning tomorrow. We gotta teach the children. We gotta do our job as adults. <coughs> yeah. Nice little Saturday job. Yeah. There we go. Life unravel number nine. Eli Craner. You're your life cool. unravel number ten, my man. Got to watch a little Mifune talk some martial arts. I'm Life Unraveled number 10. Number 10, dude. But aren't there more than 10, uh, 10 podcasts? Yeah, but like what were five. Um, so I've done four MMA shows. We did a jiu-jitsu show. So like MMA Unraveled, jiu-jitsu Unraveled. With Flavio, it was jiu-jitsu Unraveled. Okay. Right, um, right. Then um, I've done three after the shows. That's, that's where I'm like in a, uh, reviewing uh, 
television series or movies. So the the review I'm working on right now, I've just I've got like about thirty minutes recorded on it. Is a review of that movie, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Okay, it's pretty legit. Yeah, I like that movie. I saw yeah. it. I got like seven more pages of notes to go over on that episode. Uh, so that's like eighteen episodes right there. And then I did two. I think that's eighteen. I don't remember where I was at. But two music unravels. I'm doing two more music unravels next Friday. We're gonna do one on uh, Maynard from Tool and a Perfect Circle. And so you got live music and jujitsu, and then history. Okay, right, right. And um, uh, movies and television after the show. Okay. Yeah. So wow. we did one of those on Black Mirror. We did one of those on. And then Kama Sutra unravels. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> tantric. That was. I've had a few tantric experiences. <laughs> oh, All man. three elements together. <laughs> Too far. I'm just kidding. Well, um, <clears throat> well, all right, dude. Well, I guess uh, let's go ahead and sign off, man. Let's see. All what, right, can see we, what can we can we say do. closing prayer? Amen. Amen, brother. Good times, my man. Thanks. Thank you so much for. Uh, this is your idea. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah.